This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 18. Genesis chapter number 18. And we'll begin reading in verse number 16 this morning. Genesis chapter number 18 and verse number 16. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abram, Abraham rather went with them to bring them on the way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which is coming to me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. I want to call your attention to Verse number 19, and the statement that the Lord makes concerning Abraham here, for I know him. That's a very sobering thought, isn't it? That God would say of us, I know him. Many of us know one another on different levels. But some of us know one another just sort of on an occasional, superficial almost way. Although I, I believe that as Christians in the community of God's family and church, we should all know one another more deeply. And as we know one another more deeply, we're acquainted with one another and uh, the faults that we might have. And oftentimes we do not want anyone to know our faults and we do our best to hide those. Uh, from people, but we all have them. And as we go through life together, as we go through things together, we develop a, a greater uh, intimate knowledge of one another. But one thing we can know is that God knows us. He said, I know him, and he knows you. And what an amazing thing it is that God said concerning Abraham, I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Abraham, in this passage of Scripture, is commended by the Lord. And he says of Abraham, he is the kind of man who will lead his family, who will teach his children, who will obey me, 
and I will bless him. I want to speak to you this morning on this thought, Father Abraham, a portrait of a faithful father. A portrait of a faithful father. The events that transpire here in Genesis 18 and into Genesis 19 when the angels go into Sodom and Gomorrah and they find one there named Lot sitting in the gate. Remember that Lot is Abraham's nephew. And Lot went out from Ur of the Chaldees with Abraham. But along the journey, we find in Genesis chapter 13 that Lot made the decision to pitch his tent towards Sodom. And so we have here a portrait of two fathers. We have a portrait in, of, in Lot. We have a portrait of a faltering father. But in Abraham, we have a portrait of a faithful father. And while Lot led his family to Sodom, Abraham led his family to the Savior. And I cannot uh, overstate the importance of being a faithful father, being a man of God, and being a faithful man who will love your family and who will lead your family to Jesus. And so may God help us today as we examine the life of Abraham, a portrait of a faithful father. I want you to see some things about Abraham and I want you to imagine that we're looking at his portrait as it hangs upon the wall. And what is it that sticks out? What is it that uh, the artist has painted for us to help us see what we need to emulate in Abraham that we might also be faithful fathers in these dark days in which we live? I hope you'll see, first of all, uh, his devotion. His devotion. I want you to go back with me to verse number 1. To the beginning of this visit where the Lord himself visits Abraham. This is none other than the Lord Jesus uh, who appears to Abraham. Of course, this is before his incarnation and his birth in in, uh, Bethlehem. rather. Uh, This is the Lord Jesus Christ in his uh, pre-existent eternal condition. And he is appearing now unto Abraham. Look in verse number 1. And the Lord appeared unto him. The word Lord is in my Bible and in yours is capitalized, L-O-R-D. That's speaking of God himself. The Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. God visited Abraham. What an amazing thought that the Lord himself showed up at the house of Abraham. Verse 2. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. Here we see a father's devotion. Abraham recognizes that he has a heavenly visitor. He recognizes that the Lord himself has come to speak to him. It's the same Lord who called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. It's the same Lord who made a covenant with him. And now the Lord has come to visit Abraham. And when the Lord comes to visit Abraham, we learn of Abraham's devotion to the Lord. And he shows and demonstrates his devotion, first of all, because he stooped. He bowed down. He humbled himself. And he 
bowed before the Lord in reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when you stoop, when you bow, you are showing humility. You are expressing uh, your dependence. You're, you're saying to the Lord that He is greater than you. you. You are expressing reverence and the fear of God. And He has come now and He is worshiping the Lord and He's expressing it as He stooped before the Lord, as He bowed in the presence of a holy God. Our world says don't stoop but stand. Stand proudly. Uh, we see that uh, this month has been uh, uh, titled by uh, the LGBTQ movement as Pride Month. Well, I, I can tell you that God is not happy with any group that expresses pride. And the way to Christ is the way of humility. And here is a man who is, uh, who is not going to stand on his own two feet and, and express his self-sufficiency. He is going to humble himself and he is going to bow at the feet of Jesus. We see also he expressed his devotion because he sacrificed. In verses 3 through 7, he, he goes and he, he kills uh, a calf and he uh, makes the bread and he brings the meal to the Lord. He wants to serve and he sacrifices uh, to his heavenly visitor. The Bible has called upon you and I to give sacrifices unto God, not animal sacrifices. <coughs> There's no sacrifice that we can give to please God. That sacrifice was made in Jesus Christ. He's made the ultimate sacrifice for you and I, but we are called upon to sacrifice our life for him in service to him. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As men of God, we are called upon to yield our lives to him. And may God help us if we love him to give sacrifice to him. And so he stooped and he sacrificed, but then we see he served in verse number 8, and he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, and he set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. Here we see Abraham waiting on the Lord, serving the Lord. Sir, if you love God, you're going to have no problem bowing before him. You're going to have no problem uh, sacrificing to him. Uh, if you're the kind of guy who, who, who can't stand for your wife to write that tithes check, then you don't love the Lord Jesus and you don't trust the Lord Jesus the way you should. Uh, if, if you're too busy to serve God, then, friend, you're just too busy. And so here we find Abraham loved God. We see the object of his devotion was that he loved God. If we want our children to love God, then we have to be men who love God. And oftentimes we give God lip service and expect our kids to live on a level of Christian living higher than us. Well, how can we expect that when we're not willing to love the Lord Jesus with all our heart? 
when the children of Israel went into the land, Moses said to them, he said, you're going to teach them the truth of God's word. You're going to teach them God's law. And the reason you're going to do that is because God wants to bless them. You just make sure that when you teach it, you teach it from a heart that is filled with love for me. Love me with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. And Abraham loved God. And it was evident through his devotion. He stooped, he sacrificed, and he served. We see secondly here, not only a father's devotion, but we see his instruction. Abraham was a teacher. And God has called upon you and I to teach. As fathers, we have a wonderful opportunity to teach our children many truths. And whether we fancy ourselves as people with a gift to teach or not, we all teach our children something. If I ask you to tell me what did your father teach you, you could think of a few things. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, my dad wasn't here for me. Well, then he taught you some things there too, did he not? You see, your life teaches truths to people. And here we find that Abraham, notice what God says of him in verse 19. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken. Now, when God visits here in, in this 18th chapter, he's going to announce to Abraham and to Sarah that they're going to have a child. But he chooses to do that by speaking to Abraham directly. You see, God has ordered the home. And God has created order in the home. And God has said to the husband, to the father, that he is to take the role of spiritual leadership in the home. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 21, the Bible says that husbands and wives are to submit themselves one to another in the fear of God. A good leader is always going to submit to those that he leads. A leader does not lead for his own selfish purposes. A leader does not lead just to complete his agenda. A leader is submitted to the needs of those he leads. And as a husband, we are to submit to the needs of our wife, uh, our wife and our children. In verse 22, he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. That doesn't mean he is better than her. It doesn't mean that he is more valuable to God than her. You see, those are arguments that the world and the flesh and the devil use against women today to cause them to want to rebel against the order that God has established. And then when you couple that with the fact that many men are unwilling to take the leadership role in the home, then you can have a lot of devastation in the home. And so the husband is to love his wife. He is to lead his wife. He is to lead his children. That, sir, is the role of being a father. And may God help us today to do that. In Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse number 7, he speaks to the fathers, the men of Israel, and he said, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. That means to teach the truths of God's word, to teach the laws of God's word. We've embarked upon this Answers in Genesis Sunday School series uh, throughout this summer because we have all of our, our uh, Sunday School classes from children through adults in the same uh, 
text in the same passage of Scripture. And it gives families an opportunity to be able to look at those lessons together and rehearse them. It gives you as a dad to, uh, an opportunity to speak about God and God's Word and reinforce some things in your family. And God has called us to do it. You should teach them diligently unto thy children. Verse 7, and shall talk of them. What are you talking about? Do you talk about God? Do you acknowledge his presence? Talk of them in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Verse 8, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. He's saying, take the scriptures, and, and uh, the, the, the Israelites would write the scriptures, and they would bind them on their hands, and, 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 and they would be reminded as they worked and as they went through the day of what God has said. And then he says this, And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Here's what he's saying. Fill your heart, fill your life, fill your home with God's word. Oh, today we filled our home and our hearts and our lives uh, with all kinds of devices and all kinds of things. And we, we run out, and, and I say this to my own shame, we run out and we spend hundreds of dollars on televisions and, and we, we set up entire rooms just around that one thing, don't we? And we, we, we buy devices and we, 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 we can't sit patiently at, at, at a doctor's appointment or, or any other place without uh, being uh, confronted with some type of screen or some type of, of media. And oh, how we have gotten away, we have gotten away from filling our heart and mind, our life, and our home with the truth of God's Word. And, sir, that is your responsibility to make sure that gets done. And so may God help us. A father's instruction. He's a teacher. Then we see a third thing here, and that is a father's discretion. Notice in verse 16, after the Lord has delivered the message, the Bible said, And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abram went with them for to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. You see, here's what we find out. Those who love God and those who want to know God and God's word and are willing to teach others the truths that they've learned, they receive revelation from God. You see, when you prove yourself trustworthy, when you, when you prove in your heart that you, you desire to know more about God, do you know what God will do? He'll speak to you. I mean, if somebody wants to be around you, well, that's the kind of person you want to be around. You don't want to, you don't want to try to be around people who don't have any a desire to be around you. No, you gravitate to those who desire to be with you. Listen, I want to tell you, you can know the Lord as deeply and as intimately as you desire to know him. And if you desire to know him, he knows that, right? For I know him, and he will respond to you. Draw nigh to God, the Bible says, and he will draw nigh to you. And when he draws nigh, he will fill you with revelation of his truth and he will give you wisdom. Now, here's two fathers, remember them, Abraham and Lot. And they've got big decisions to make in Genesis chapter 13. 
remember the story that the land is, is too small to contain the herds and the flocks, or at least a partial of land that where, they, where they're living. And so uh, there's, a, there's a problem here, and, and there, there needs to be a break. And so Lot lifted up his eyes, and he chose the plains of Sodom. Abraham left the choice to God. And Abraham here needs wisdom. Lot needed it too, but he didn't seek it. Abraham needed it, and he sought it, and God gave it to him. You know, it's not easy to be a father and a husband, is it? You've got to make a lot of decisions. You've got a lot of pressure. You've got a lot of temptation. And you need wisdom. You need revelation from God. You need his presence near you to give you wisdom to make the right decisions. Now, I want you to think about the decisions that these two men made. Lot chose the well-watered plains of Sodom. Next, he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Next, in Genesis 19, we find him living in Sodom, sitting at the gate. That's a place of authority. He was a, he was a magistrate. He was an elected official. He was a governmental person there. Maybe he thought he could clean it up. I don't know, but we know he's there, and we know he has a house in Sodom. We see the progression that he made. What's Abraham doing? He's still following God. So one father chose his own course for his family. That was, that was Lot. What did Abraham do? He left the choice to God. One used his natural eye to survey the situation. He said, well, it looks like a pretty good opportunity here. That's what, that's what Lot did. Abraham said, Lord, you know better than me. I'm going to look through the eyes of faith. Lot chose to depart from the Lord's presence. Abraham chose to draw nearer to the Lord. I'm amazed at how when families go through situations, sometimes uh, people, men and husbands and wives, make decisions to get out of church in critical times, in difficult times. To, to depart from the presence of God and God's people. It's not that the Lord can only be found in his church, but it is that the Lord has established the church and his presence is among his people. And Lot said, I'm, I'm finished with this. My kids are finished with this. It's not that big a deal. We'll find a church down there. Oh, yeah. Well, he found one, didn't he? Not if you know the story, he didn't. And then you see that Abraham, he chose to draw closer to the Lord. In fact, God spoke to him immediately after Lot made his choice. One, that's Lot, settled in Sodom. The other sojourned in the land of Canaan. One built a house, that's Lot. The other, Abraham, built an altar. One worried, the other worshipped. One mocked, the other ministered. One faltered, the other was faithful. What's the difference? The difference is the wisdom and discretion that we receive from God. James said it this way. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Do you need wisdom, sir? You know, your kids are pressured. They're under pressure, and they're pressuring you, and they want you to let them do this and let them do that. And, and my goodness, there's so many different avenues now. Uh, for, for the devil to get in and infiltrate their hearts and minds. And we need wisdom. And where do we get it? We get it from God. 
1 Corinthians 1.24, Christ is the power of God and he's the wisdom of God. He is the source of all wisdom. Paul prayed this for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1 and verse 17. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You see, sir, if you want to handle the difficult decisions, if you need wisdom in life, then you're only going to get it in one place. It's only in Jesus. It's only found as you draw near to him, as he draws near to you, as he speaks to you, as he reveals his truth to you. God will give you wisdom, and he will help you lead your family. In the Proverbs, we read this in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 10, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Notice that. Again, Proverbs 2.10, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee that understanding shall keep thee, deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Do you know what delivered Abraham? It was discretion. It was wisdom that God gave him. Do you know what defeated Lot? It was the fact that he did not desire the wisdom of God, and it did not keep him. And so we see here a father's devotion and his instruction and his discretion. I want to call your attention to a last, last thing. We find it in verse 22. Uh, the Lord has had the conversation with the angels that he is going to speak to Abraham and show him what is going to happen. In verse 22, the Bible says, And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But notice where we find Abraham in verse 22. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. He didn't say, well, the ball game's on. I got to get back and watch the fourth quarter. He didn't say, well, the boys are coming by and we're going to go fishing later. He didn't say, I, I got to get in there and I got I to I gotta finish that project. No, he understood this was a critical time. This was no time to be messing around. This was no time to lose one ounce of devotion and dedication for the Lord. This was a critical time. His nephew and his nephew's children were about to be destroyed. And so what does Abraham do? He doesn't sit on the couch with a remote in his hand. He doesn't look at the Wall Street Journal to see how his portfolio is. He stands in the presence of a holy God on behalf of his nephew and his nephew's children and his own children. He stands and he cries out to God on their behalf. That's the greatest position you and I can take. The greatest thing we as men and fathers can do for our children, husbands can do for their wives, is to stand yet before the Lord on their behalf. Notice 
what Abraham did in verse 23. And Abraham drew near. Oh, we need to draw near to God. And then he began to speak. He said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Verse 24, Peradventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak to the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. You read the rest of the story. Abraham says, Well, Lord, if I can't find forty-five, what if it's forty? God said, I'll spare it. If I can't find forty and there's thirty-five, I'll spare it. If you can't find 35 and there's 30, I'll spare it. If you can't find 30 and there's 20, I'll spare it. If you can't find 20 but there's 10, I'll spare it. You see, he appealed to the Lord. He appealed on behalf of Lot and his family. He is crying out to God for his children. I wonder in this critical hour in which we live, are we crying out to God on behalf of our children? The nobleman stood before the Lord for his sick son, and he prayed for him. He asked the Lord to heal him. An unnamed man stood before the Lord for his demon-possessed son, and he said, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him that he foameth again, and bruising him, and hardly departs from him. He said, Lord, you, you need to see what's happening to my son. You need to see what's happening to my child. Would you have compassion? Would you have mercy? Would you touch my child? Oh, that God's men would stand before him on behalf of their families, that we would cry out to God and intercede for them. Oh, that we would see God do great things in the lives of our kids. And it works better than your way and mine. Well, you're going to do what I say. And you probably should have that resolve. But we could all do it better, couldn't we? But the greatest thing we can do is bring our families before God's presence and cry out to the, to the Lord in heaven and see what God will do. So how is it with your home? What road are you on? The road to Sodom or the road to the Savior? You cannot be a faithful father. You cannot be a faithful father unless you have Jesus, unless you have God as your father. Do you have that assurance today? If you died today, sir, let me ask you a question. If you died today and it's Father's Day 2020, where will you be? Will we have the assurance that heaven is your home? Do you have the assurance that heaven is your home? Then come to Jesus. Do you love him? Are you willing to worship him? Do you begrudge stooping, sacrificing, and serving? Or do you desire to do it from your heart? May God help us to love him. Are you assuming the responsibilities God has given you to lead your home, to teach your wife, and to teach 
your children, to love them? Are you seeking God's wisdom for the decisions that you have to make as a father and as a leader of your home? And are you standing in the presence of God on their behalf? That's my challenge to you. That's God's challenge to you. That's Abraham's challenge to you. As we look at his portrait, the portrait of a faithful father. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.